Welcome to the Retirable Podcast. I'm Mike Wallace. And my name is John Sauger. So John, we've had kind of an exciting week this week. Um, our offices have moved actually to a little bit more centralized location here in uh, in the Detroit area. It has been... Uh it has been a bit interesting, right? I mean, it's great. I'm very excited about it. Beautiful offices. Uh, anybody listening that wants to come visit us, you can come see us. We'll give the information out. But beautiful building, a great location. But the technology is is the biggest part of moving, right? We're all used to moving furniture and stuff. We understand how that is. And, and, and that can be done in a timely fashion. But the technology has... Uh, Kind of a mind of its own, it seems. So we've been working through that too. No, it's, it's, been, it's been crazy. It is pretty amazing. You know, again, we we just we do our job on a regular basis, and we work with our clients. But the behind the scenes, oh um, you know, and, and all the I mean, all the, the when we were in there watching and all the wiring and that has to be gone from you know every workstation and everything else. But most importantly. Um, because it's secure information. Sure. And so there's a lot of stuff. You know, we want to be faster and better and, and, and have that information. But um, the secure part, there's a lot of layers there that, that are, that's beyond you're in my pay grade. It, it, it is, it is uh, something I think, I don't think you would have thought of, gosh, even five years ago, 10 years ago, 20, certainly 20 years ago, you wouldn't have thought of the most important part of the move is the technology, not the furniture or the location or anything. It's the it's the fiber optic cables and moving the server and all those things. Yeah, it's oh, really yeah. a different world now. Oh yeah, and it being down for a little while, you know. So you know, so you gotta over the weekend. Yeah, there's certain things you couldn't work on for yes. for a few, just a few hours, but still, you know, the, that that stuff that stuff does happen. And it was kind of interesting too when we um, when I went to there for the first time on Monday, and I had to put in my GPS a different. Um, you know, location and what's the best way to go. Yes. And even I, you know, of course I had my work saved, so I had to actually switch it on my Waze app, you know, to the new, sure. to the new address. And sure. it's just little things like that. You don't really kind of think of. And, um, and even, you know, the few times that we came into the office or, you know, where we're at right now in the studios and just down the road from the office now, and you're just, it takes you a different way. You know, I don't know where you're yes. coming from, if it's then doing that, but for me, it's been taking me different ways every day. When we move, right, and we've all probably moved, even the listeners, you got, you've all moved at some point, and you think of one of the things that you forget about, it's the spatial recognition, like where are the outlets, where's the, the light switch or whatnot. What's really interesting is with technology, we don't have life switches, right? It's, it's all a motion sensor. Yeah. But it's the timing of the motion sensor that we're figuring out. I was sitting with different families in the, la in the last few days in the office, and the, the lights in my office never turned off, but outside they kept turning off in, in like the hallway. And every time they turned off, the clients would look and go, what's, you know, and they, we kind of had to talk through it. It was really, and, you know, you learn the different nuances of every building and what those, you know, building isn't just brick and mortar, right? It's got a personality, so to speak. And the personality of that has been kind of fun to, to, to learn. It's been interesting. No, that, that's, that's cool. And what's, what's also nice, what I, I really appreciate about the, the new office is we have this big, large meeting room now, you know, and so just like we're doing the podcast and we like to educate the public, um, we will have, you know, educational meetings and, sure. and, and so forth for um, both existing clients and the public that we can do some educational type right stuff. Right in the building. Right Absolutely. in the building now. And so that, I thought that was, uh, I really like that part of it. And even having a nice big meeting room that we can all meet as a company sure. together too. Um, as we've expanded, you know, it's 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 um, been difficult to do that. So that's been kind of kind of nice to see as well. And then one thing we're working on there too, it's still not being finished, is is a studio. You know, so we'll have you know video and audio and and all that stuff as well. So I'm kind of excited to see what that looks like. So you can listen to this podcast with your eyes, right? Is that what you're telling me? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. 
or maybe somebody could videotape the podcast too, and so you could watch and listen instead of just listen. Okay. You can see that. That's what technology is taking us, Mike. We're, we're moving forward. You know, I definitely have a face for radio, though, or for a podcast, so it's all, it's all good. You can just listen to me instead. <laughs> so as technology changes, as this stuff happens, one of the things I love about this medium of communicating with people is they can hear a little bit more. They can hear the personality and the joking and, and, and get the understanding of stuff. It's more conversational, right? As we've, as we've learned through technology, as we figure this out, I had, I had a couple of families in the office yesterday, and we were doing paperwork. And the uh, one family, he said to me, we were, we were working through it, but it's all on a computer. It's all digital paperwork. We got into a conversation that for probably 10 minutes or so, what do you call that? Because it's not paperwork because there's no paper. It's on a computer screen. So is it screen work? Technology is changing everything we do, it feels like. So that's really a, kind of what we want to talk about a little bit as, as far as we move forward and, and how things are changing and stuff. So have know, a fun it, little, th- little conversation. It is funny when I, when, when, you, when I say that too now. Like, so if I'm talking to my wife and I have a few more things to do, it's like usually I, I just got to finish up some paperwork and it's not anymore. I got to fi- finish up some computer work. And it, and it may be an email. It may be you know, checking through some of the, the, the docu-signatures or, or other types of applications and, and investments or do whatever it is, but it is, it's, it's virtually, it's yeah, yeah, all it's on, a, on a computer screen yeah. when it comes yep. down to that, you know, you know, that kind of leads us to our next topic here though. And what we're going to talk a little bit about today is, is a planning strategy. Okay. And one of the planning strategies that we've adopted as a firm is called what is, is called a, the bucket plan or a bucket planning strategy. So John, why don't you just, Give a, just a high-level overview because we're going to spend a little bit of time going over the um, more you know in-depth part of it. But give us a high-level overview of what what is bucket planning. Well, it, it's a gr- it's a great point, Mike. It's so if you've listened to this podcast all the way through, you, you you've heard us talk about this before, and you've probably heard us reference this at different times. So we thought it was a good time to bring this subject back up. There's no perfect plan. There's no exact way of doing everything. Otherwise, we would all be doing that. We, we know that. It's a great reference tool. It's something we can do. Right now, again, we talked about, we joked about technology and being able to see us or being able to, 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 to visualize what we're doing. We're going to use our words to try and explain this. And so a plan has to be simple enough that we can say what it is and, and, and you, the listener, or a family can understand what that is. So we can come up with all kinds of different financial plans. But if, if it's just a, a, a booklet together that you never reference, you never use, it doesn't work, like it's not a part of your life, then, then what is the plan for, right? The, the bucket plan is an idea. You picture three simple buckets. We've been, all been doing this our entire lives. We all, whether you admit this or not or whether you call them what we're going to call them, you've been doing this all the time. You have that little bucket of money for your cash, right? You have that bucket of money for investments or that bucket of money for a rainy day or whatnot. Maybe you didn't call it a bucket. Maybe it was an envelope. For our conversation, let's just all use the same wording. So the bucket plan, we're going to use three buckets. The idea behind this is each of the different buckets has a different concept or different usage. So we're simply, for our conversation, we're going to name our three buckets now, soon, and later. So for high-level conversation, really in-depth stuff here, just think to yourself, now money I generally will use now, in the next few months. Let's, let's yeah. call now between or zero and 12. 12 months. 12 yeah. months. Yep. Soon money, well, let's identify that as anything longer than 12 months to we're going to say seven years. So 12, to se- 12 months to seven years. And, and we'll talk about why we picked that time period. But then the later bucket is anything longer than that. So we're thinking, you know, primarily we're thinking double digit years, 10 years or longer. And each of those things will be different in how you invest and what you do. So let's, let's just, for today's conversation, 
for you, the listener, remember now, soon, and later. And identifying now is short-term, zero to 12 months, and, and, and we'll talk about that. Soon is soon, a year to seven to 10 years, right? Yep. Later is longer than 10 years. So, so fair enough, Mike. We got it. We got an understanding to talk with. Yeah, and so a lot of what we try to do is 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 simplify. And, and with a lot of the middle class millionaires that we deal with, it's just kind of understanding the concept behind it, and it's just an easy concept to understand. And really, a lot of it's just now trying to fill those buckets, sure. right? And and again, we can get later on into you know tax and tax free and tax deferred and and, and using some of those buckets as well at a later um, date. But the issue is now simply how do we fill these buckets so that we now, well, eventually what, what our goal is, is to retire one day, or if you are retired, use this as an income stream for the remainder of your life. Well, and, and, and ensure you're not going to run out of money. In a, in a high-level conversation of this bucket plan, any plan, in, in our bucket plan, what you're trying to accomplish is take emotion out of the mix, right? When when you're at that phase of life where, where hey, we've gotten to retirement or we're working our way to retirement, you want to know your plan is working. Hey, if the market's up, the market's down, and the market's sideways, right? Technically, it can do one of those three things. It's the old Woody Hayes football analogy. If you throw a football, you can do one of three things, and two of them are bad, right? Yep. <laughs> well, in, in, in the, the stock market can only be one of three things. It can be defined as going up. It can be defined as going down or going sideways, right? That it's There's versions of that. I mean, but really one of those three things, well, a plan should be able to work for all three of those things because all three are going to happen. Yeah. Sometimes they're all going to happen in the same week. Yeah, So exactly. So when we're dealing with the buckets, then let's let's talk about the, the now bucket first, okay? Because sure. that's the Easy easiest one. one, right? Easy. So what kind of assets are going to be put, put in the, into the now bucket and what is it going to be used for traditionally? So let's see, let's look at what it's used for first, because obviously compliance or, or licensing reasons or, or just proper business reasons, we can't say you should do exactly this in a now bucket. We have to be generic, right? Correct. So so let's let's identify what it's for. So so now money would be for maybe an emergency fund. Yep. We can talk to you about this at face to face, but in a, an emergency fund, if you're looking at statistics, you can find different statistics like how much should be in there. You've heard maybe three months worth of expenses or six months worth of expenses, or there are some things we've seen that show like a dollar amount, have this amount of money, or what. And, and none of them are exactly right or wrong, but an emergency fund is simply for an emergency. Well, and, and a lot of the emergency funds make a big difference, you know, between your working years and your retirement years, you know, because sometimes, you know, let's say in your working years and your, especially in your higher income earning years, if you need a refrigerator or, you know, or, or a, a, you know, washer or dryer, you can work that into your monthly income, right? But oftentimes when you're on a fixed income, now that has got to come out of your emergency money, right? You know, let alone the big ones, if you're a happy homeowner, you know, a roof, well, windows, you know, cement, you know, any well, you, of that kind of stuff, that furnace, you know, that kind of stuff. Too. You, you know, what's interesting about that too, Mike, is, is when we talk about this, when we're planning with the family, some people will say, um, you know what, that's budget items. Like I'm budgeting to get a roof done or I'm budgeting to do this. Sometimes the emergency fund isn't you. Sometimes it's your family, yeah. right? In my situation, my kids are in their 20s. I'm probably the emergency fund. If they buy a house and need a roof or something, then I would probably be the one that would. So I'm okay with that. That's my parents were that way. My, my father, mother and father-in-law were that way for, for, for my wife and I. So sometimes the emergency fund isn't just for you, but emergency money in our now bucket. Also, we talked about zero to 12 months. We talked about maybe planned expenses, right? What, yep. what would that be? Like 
Yeah, well, let's say you're planning on getting a roof, right? You know, sure. but a lot of remodeling we see, you know. Vacations, well, maybe. Vacations is a good one. Yeah, especially, um, again, for those retirees, they like to go spend and, and have some fun, right? Well, and types of vacations, right? Yeah. Like, okay, I'm taking a trip versus I'm buying an RV. Those are two different planned expenses that we might be budgeting on or a car in, in that Boat, situation. second home. Sure, You know, there's sure. lots of different things when you're doing some planned expenses. And, and a lot of that sometimes we see and we plan with our, um, with our families that we work with is that we're we're saving for something sure. like that, whether it's sure. that RV or a boat or whatever else. That so you're using that soon bucket yep. that that becomes a now bucket, right? Yep. Yep. You know, at some point, you know, to to um, use for those some of those those plan expenses. Well, and I think the other thing, so that, so there's generally three things, right? So we talked about emergency, we talked about planned expenses. The other is more of a comfort zone of income, right? Yeah. If if I'm using money in the next twelve months. I probably don't want that sitting someplace where it can go down in value and it, and, it, and it causes me maybe an undue stress to have to take more money out, right? So I don't want to say, hey, I need $5,000 out in six months from now. And that was in the, in let's just say, in a very risky stock market holding. And that went down and now it's worth 3000 And now I got to sell more shares or, ca- or or harvest more money from somewhere else, right? Yeah. So also for maybe for income in that now bucket. Yeah, so income is, is, is the key or... Um, sometimes it's bridging a gap, you know, between, let's say, retirement and, and Social Security age sure. or a pension. Sure. You know, so there's income needs that may be needed there um, for a short period Absolutely. as well. So so the now bucket, again, pretty simple, pretty I easy. think. Yep. So let's and, and really quick before we jump off that one, let's let's it's it's personal preference, right? The difference between banks are probably they're they're regulated the same. I mean, it's mostly whether I, I use one bank and you use a different bank, neither one of us is correct or neither one of us is wrong, right? Yeah. It's more what our history is in, in comfort zone. Now, we're not saying what you should be doing there. It's, it's a comfort zone. We're really more talking about an amount in planning and not just an amount. I think we're talking about plan for usage. So, so as we leave the now bucket, when we talk to families, if you use money from there, our job is to harvest it and put money back. So you have a comfortable amount there, whether it's the three months, six months, a dollar amount, whatever, right? That's that's really what we would say with the now bucket. Yeah, for sure. And some people, yeah, they they plan on replenishing their their now buckets and sometimes it's just sitting there for for, for more like the emergency yeah, or, or yeah. plan expense later on down yep. the road. Yep. So and whether it's a bank or credit union or you know, now again, because the interest rates are so much better, there's a lot more choices than sure. we than we had even just a few short years ago for that now money, right? Sure. Sure. So, so, okay. So now then we go to soon. So as we get to the soon bucket, the, the, each of these buckets probably has, has three ideas, right? That, 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 that they can be used for. So it fits for each family. Some people need the soon bucket for income, right? That's their first phase of income in retirement before maybe they get to social security age or before maybe uh, they start taking minimum distributions or something like that. So they need, or maybe they need consistent income because they don't have a pension, right? Um, you can also use the, the, the soon bucket simply as you're saying, I want something a little more conservative. I have a shorter time horizon. I want something a little safer. Or the soon bucket can also be an opportunity fund. And, wh- and what we mean by that, when you think of an opportunity fund, think of, hey, the soon bucket, maybe I didn't lose that much money in there and I don't need it for income this year, but the market really did drop. In 2022, the market was down about 18% at year's end, ballpark number and S&P 500. So in that situation, let's say you didn't lose that much money in the soon bucket. Well, now you have an opportunity fund that you might say, hey, I'm going to sell off of here in the soon bucket where I didn't lose much money, if any, and I'm going to buy into the market when it's really, really low. 
maybe even wipe out some taxes in, in a conversion and ride that now back up and, and, and it's tax-free growth or, or I'm buying in stuff on sale, right? So you, you have it for income, you have it for, for, for more, maybe more conservative for a time period and, that, and then for opportunity. So yeah, the, the, the purpose of that soon bucket really is, first of all, during a certain time horizon, we talked about yeah. earlier, maybe seven to 10 years, um, but also when you're dealing with the, the, the income needs that you may need over that period of time. Sure. But when you said what you said earlier is something a little bit more conservative because, you know, if the market's going to drop by 18 percent in your soon bucket, we don't want to put something in there that's that you're taking income from that's going to drop right. like that. Right. right. So right. we want it to be a little bit more conservative. And the reason behind that, though, too, is if we have this amount of money in something that's not going to fluctuate in value as much, um, we can have that later bucket yes. as well, yeah. right? And that later bucket, we can now, if we're not going to touch this money, we can ride those waves a little bit better, right? Well, and, and, and if you think about it, you can come at this from so many different ways, right? We and, and, and Mike, you and I have talked about this every day for so many years that we have so many different conversations we can bring in on this. But, but to try and keep it simple... Um, if you're looking longer than seven to ten years, you're generally um, you, you're generally going to change political, you know who's in charge politically, right? You're going to have you know you're going to have a presidential election that's going to change presidents ever you know beyond. I know it's four years, but certainly after eight years, you're changing presidents, right? You're probably changing political leanings, so that may do some stuff with, with economically, right? Yeah. Um, you're going to go through in any ten year period. You're going to get a certain number of years that are positive in the market and a certain number of years that are negative in the market, but but statistically. You know, you're 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 going to look and say, okay, I'm not just going to only be up or only be down in that window of time. So the soon bucket has bought you a horizon that if I know I can be longer than ten years, the trend line is going to be, you know, it's going to be a little easier to dictate, right? Longer than that. So it's a it's a great point. The other thing I think that it, it does is when you think about it, it, it it's it's again the emotional side. Money doesn't have. Money doesn't know. If I have $20 in my pocket, it's in my pocket. If it's in your pocket, it's in your pocket. The, the money doesn't know any difference, but if it was my 20 and it's now in your hands, I lost it, you gained it, right? You're happy, I'm sad. Um, but, but the money doesn't know that emotion, but, but we put emotion on it. And so that's where the soon bucket is so, so helpful in taking that emotion out. I, it, it's, it's, it's so much easier to say to a family, this is what happened in our economy and this is what happened to you and you're not just following exactly the economy. There is a, a tried, proven plan. And, and, and that emotion, being able to put together a plan that's proven is, is really, really important. Well, and I, I think, you know, one of the biggest mistakes a lot of retirees make is going, you know, straight from accumulation phase to distribution phase sure. and not put that preservation phase in place um, or a soon bucket. And so what happens is you it, it's in, in prudent investing, it's to put and segment your assets out to take the income needs that you that you want. So, sure. for example, like you said, every bucket's different, but everybody has different income needs. And in this case scenario is what is that? What is that lifestyle you want to live at? You know, is it $5,000 a month? Is it $6,000 a month? And, you know, is it $10,000 a month? Whatever that income need may be, you may have some of, some of it coming in from, you know, Social Security, and if you're lucky enough to have a pension, but let's say you need to generate another two or $3,000 a month, where does that come from? And, sure. and how much does it need to be in that soon bucket 
to generate that income over that period of time with an inflation factor. Sure, right? you sure, know? sure. Because one of the things we want to make sure is we know inflation, especially lately, has been... Got a budget for it. You know, yeah. It's really been yeah. high. And so um, you know, a lot of pensions are going to be flat. Now, again, we, with Social Security, we have a little bit of a, of a, of a bump, but um, sometimes it's reasonable and sometimes it's not, right? Right, right. But the issue is... Um, we want to make sure that we have an inflation factor because if you're going to retire at 65, you know the odds are if you have if you're a married couple um, that one of you are going to make it to age 90. So that's just 25 years that we have to right. you know that we have to to look Planet. at and what's that going to look like 25 years from now that income. So um, so if we set that up properly, we now have that later bucket to help replenish some of that as well. So let's talk about the later bucket now, John. So, so as we've kind of launched into this, um, it's, it's really interesting when, when we've been doing this for many, many years. So when we talk with people, um, most people you meet have two of the three buckets when you meet them. You, you know, generally people have some emergency money, right? We all, you know, money for a rainy day or whatnot. We generally, we generally see that. And, and we generally see either all the money's in the soon bucket or almost all the money's in the later bucket. Not, not, not every penny, but generally one of those two. And it's just because of the way things are built, right? Um, if, if, if you're a very, very, very safe person, then you're, you, you, you're, you're very risk averse. You might've just organized it all in the soon bucket and you don't realize, Hey, I do have a time horizon. It's okay. Right. And we see those people. The other side of the coin is you see people in, in, in where they have all the money in the later bucket because they were working or putting money. And it was like, Hey, I don't need this for quite a while. So they take an enormous amount of risk. And, and so that is the is the is the emotion or the thought process we want to build on. We don't have to take an enormous amount of risk. We want to be efficient, but the later bucket is where we can have risk. The later bucket is designed to try and take emotion out of the mix. It's either long-term planning, long-term usage of money, or legacy planning, right? So it's it's designed to really set it and forget it, so to speak. Yeah. That doesn't mean we just ignore it. Yeah. But but well, and a lot of it is is setting it up properly. So, like the legacy planning can be used for two different reasons. You know, a lot of it may be for the next generation. But one thing we don't know: we don't know how long. Um, you know, if you have a married couple, like we talked about at sixty-five, sure. how long are is are they both going to live? How long is one of them live? You know, or, or what's their health situation yeah, going to be? Exactly. And so we we now want to make sure that you know if something were to happen. Um, to one of them, that the the remaining spouse is able to maintain their standard of living as well, you know, because Absolutely. a lot of times people think, you know what, well, I don't mean, maybe not need as much income, but the reality of it is most of the time income needs are going to be almost identical. And there's reasons behind that. Well, for, first reason is because if you have, let's say, you know, you, you live in a house, right? You still have the heat, you know, yep. you still have all the can't bills, you know, yeah, you still have the taxes, sure. you know, and so, yeah, maybe some food bills will go down, but oftentimes what will happen is one of the um, spouses may need other things that are done around the house that might be, you know, whether right. it's the lawn, whether, you know, whether it's um, some of the cooking, whatever it may be, you know, going out to eat more, whatever that may be. And so, um, you know, the, the, making sure that we have the, the needs no matter what, even if the income were to, like, you know, to lose the Social Security, for example. Sure. And so we now have that money there to be put into that soon bucket to help with that stuff if needed. Or like you said, health. You yeah. know, that's, that's one thing we just don't know. It, it, it feels like that's just going to get more expensive until, I'm not sure when we might see a change in that in society. But right now... Just feels like healthcare costs are just going to get more and more expensive as time goes along. It's just a part of life. Yeah, and so it's like you said, it's it's to put that plan together now, so that no matter what happens, you know, so that that whether now, soon, or later, um, whether it happens any of those times, that you have that plan in place and you don't have to worry about it anymore. 
a little bit about like the benefits of why we do this. So we've already talked about having a plan is better than not having a plan, right? It, yep. it, it decreases the chances of mistakes. It decreases the chances of problems. My example that I use with families a lot is there's a comfort zone. Um, the joke through retirement is you have the three phases. And we, and we jokingly call them the go-go years, yep. the slow-go years, and the no-go years, right? Yep. And they, in, in the go-go years is, is, is I'm going and I'm traveling and I got, I, every day's a Saturday. I got an unlimited time and, and, and money to, to spend and I want to take vacations and trips and go see my long-lost friend and all these different wonderful things. I want to I spend money. Well, that's a, an expensive time. But like you said, Mike, that's where a lot of times that's, that's earmarked in the now and the soon bucket. You've already earmarked that money, right? Yep. So the slow go years, maybe your health is a little more difficult, but, but we're not, we don't need everything, but maybe we don't spend as much money. And then the no go years, we're not spending money on traveling. And, 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 but that's a lot of times where the later bucket comes into play. Hey, we've gotten to the no-go years, and now we need maybe long-term care or maybe some assisted living or maybe someone coming in. And so we've needed to grow that money for in the future for those un unknown expenses, right? So one of the ways I talk about it with people, and, and, and I know you do as well, Mike, where we talk through this is the go-go, the, the slow-go, and the no-go, and how now, soon, and later fits directly into that one. So that's one example I use um, in, in, again, trying to make this user-friendly for when we talk about bucket planning. So well, and, and allocating the buckets properly, you, you know, the pre-retiree versus the retiree, you sure. know, I mean, so it's, you know, or you're getting closer and closer to retirement. You know, again, we, we, we talked about some of the mistakes that people make is, is that red zone of retirement, right? You know, the 10 years before and the 10 years after retirement, if we don't set up that plan properly, oftentimes that can affect the rest of our lives. You know, if you're 35 years old and you make a mistake that, you know, cost you $100,000, you might be able to make that up over your lifetime, right? Sure. Um, if you do it the year after you retire, now that could be the difference between, like you said, long-term care later on down the road or legacy planning yep. or, or you know, running out of money at age 89 instead of 95. You right, know? So, right. so a lot of it is just making sure that we're putting that plan together. And, and, but, but being proactive um, in, that, you know, in that approaching that retirement sure. as time as well. Because um, you know, what happens oftentimes is if, if it's not done in the proper timing of it as well, um, there, there can be some issues later on down the road. So one, one of the things I love about this conversation is, um, and, and, and if you know Mike, if you happen to work with Mike, you're, you're aware of this, but one of the things that I think of, Mike, if you could speak to, is not the setting up of the plan, but the ongoing monitoring and explanation. I love, like I've sat in and listened to this when Mike talks about the bucket plan with existing families that he works with. I, it's so simple. It's so easy. There are times when you sit with a family and something weird happened to them and you have to have a tough conversation. Planning is ongoing. We know that, right? Sure. It's not something you're just going to see, like you right? said. Planning. Uh, yeah, you know, it's not this, you know, like you said, set it and forget it. It's not, it's not that way. But the issue is if you set it up properly, you have that flexibility. And, of course, buckets, you can take money from one bucket and put it in another bucket. That's, sure. that's why we have that bucket planning approach, right? And so it's utilizing it, it properly. And, and even we see it sometimes, even with the now buckets. We see some of our clients, especially as in their, like they get into their, their slow-go years or their, their no-go years, and they're, now they're saving money that they didn't need before, sure. and so now we're reinvesting some of that stuff too. Sure, so sure. there's lots of different ways that the buckets can be used. Um, but most importantly is if it's set up properly, it is this ongoing, lack of a better term, money machine, right, where you now have this money generating. And if you do your job properly, the money that's growing in that later bucket is always going to be more 
than what you're taking from the soon bucket, you know? So right. you have that inflation factor and everything else. So that, so that in a perfect world, not everybody's perfect. Like you said, everybody's got different different needs and wants and everything else. But if you set it up properly, and with a lot of the, the middle-class millionaires that we deal with that have the assets to do that, um, it is actually a very simple and easy conversation. And one, one last thing I point out to families and, and the advanced planning that you can do with it, but it's a simple visual. Now, soon, and later, it's a simple conversation. Once people understand it, we can always reference it. Hey, did the, is the market up? Yep, your later bucket made money. Your soon bucket, you know, we can we can explain it. One of the things on the advanced planning that I love, what you just said, is the moving of the buckets. You can now move among the buckets from a position of power. And what I mean by that is the example of the market being down. And, and you say, well, I'm not touching my later bucket, but the market is down. I have some excess money in my soon bucket that I didn't lose money on because it was more conservative or I didn't lose much money on because it was more conservative. I'm going to buy into the market at a low point, but I'm going to do a Roth conversion and wipe out some taxes and buy in at a low point. And when that market recovers back to even zero, I've probably made back all the money I paid on taxes. And now I'm from a position of power. There's advanced planning that we can do with the bucket planning that we don't even get into when we first meet families. A lot of times that's, let's get it comfortable, let's get the plan in place, but then we're already looking three and four steps ahead of all the wonderful things we can do to really enhance a family situation. You know, John, you're absolutely right. We've had many, many different conversations about some of the tax benefits of a lot of the, the planning that we have, and we've even touched that really today. But using the bucket planning approach in some of that advanced planning becomes really, really critical um, when you're dealing with you know the individual families that we help. And, and, and so I think wrapping up this conversation before we get to our, our, our holistic happenings, I, I think wrapping this up, this is our way of doing it. There, there are other ways, right? Mm-hmm. There are other conversations. There are other things we can have. But, but the idea is organizing it and, and, and having a visual, having an understanding, making it useful, right? You go to any profession and, and, and the idea that the best professionals are the ones that can make it user-friendly, right? I, I may not need to know how certain things work, but I want to at least have a basic understanding that I'm doing it correctly or that I'm using it correctly or that I'm seeing the right doctor or whatever the case may be. When it comes to finances, we don't want to have people that we're talking over their heads and they don't understand or we get too into the weeds. It's and very it's like, simple. This is, their, like th- this is a yep. family's money. They earned it. They want to keep it. They want to know how it's working. And so the bucket plan is easy to explain and easy to reference. Yeah, and easy for people to understand. They don't need to know the X's and O's of, of the individual stock portfolios, but they understand this is if I need money, where do I take it from? You know? And, so. but, but lastly, if you do want to know those things, We started from a simple point, so we can review that really quickly and then get as in-depth as you need to on the subject matter. Absolutely, yeah. And that's the stuff that we like to do, but the clients always... And not oftentimes don't want to go that deep. (laughs) Or one spouse may not want to hear that part, and another one 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 does. So, John, you know, and I was when I was thinking about what we're talking about today with bucket planning and and the later bucket, and, and again, we could spend... A literally a whole podcast on each bucket, you know, let alone the, the whole bucket planning approach. Um, I got to thinking about, you know, some of the things that, that I run into once in a while. And, and one of the things when we use bucket planning, um, we, we call what they call a pyramid of risk. Yep. Okay. And with that pyramid of risk, as you know, John, is just, is just how, you know, what should be segmented in that financial pyramid. And the, the purpose of it is to make sure that you have a sound financial base so that, that um, you know, as you're building that pyramid up, if it's, if it's obviously tipped upside down, if you're it's on the point of a pyramid, right, it's going to fall over, right? right? And so one of the things they talk about is, is never having or trying 
trying not to have never have any more than 10% in any one stock, right? Okay. And so, you know, we're here in the Detroit area. We work with a lot of the big three auto um, companies, and there's a lot of big firms around here. And whether it's stock options or sometimes in your 401ks, one of the options is to be in company stock. Okay. Sure. And so when does it get overfunded or or over heavy in any one stock? So, um, you know, we run into it once in a while, whether it's, you know, sometimes it's stock options that these these people get. And really, when is the best time to sell and how much should be in there, you know, before diversification? And, and, and it's kind of a double-edged sword sometimes because sometimes that stock is appreciated Quite sure. greatly, you know, sure. and so the questions oftentimes were, you know, do I, you know, I don't want to sell it because it's done so well, but a lot of it comes down to is is um, understanding the stock market in general, and what happens and what what are the odds that appreciation is going to happen, um, you know, or is it better to diversify and when, right? Because if you have um, well, we saw it here in, in Detroit, whether you go all the way back to Kmart you know, or whether you go to Chrysler and General Motors, that literally went bankrupt, right? Yeah. And so too many people um, were, you know, holding this stock thinking that General Motors will never go out of business, right? And so I'm not saying that the companies are going to go out of business, but our position has changed a little bit more on, on, on understanding the diversification of, of some of the stuff as well. And so a lot of it's just understanding, you know, what what is the appreciation? So sometimes with some of these stocks, you know, if you go from, let's say, 15 to $30, right, that's that's doubling. But that's a $15 increase, right? But you go from, then you'd have to go from 30 to 60 is now a $30 increase, right? Even, you know, right, even though, right. and the same thing, 60 to, to 120. And some of these stocks that used to split, right, are no longer splitting. And so sometimes we're seeing stocks at, you know, two and three and $400, um, for a stock price. And, and so oftentimes at this point is, you know, now we're seeing, okay, with, when that happens, when you have great appreciation in a short period of time, now we're seeing sometimes that there's, you know, it's 40, 50, 60% of their portfolio in one stock. Right. Okay. Right. And so we, we, we've learned a long time ago, John, we never try to time the stock market because right. we're going to be wrong. Um, but what, what are the advantages versus the disadvantages of, of, of using some of that stuff? And so a lot of times it's, okay, we make a decision and we live with it, right? And so oftentimes at that point is, you know, wh what do you do? You know, maybe sell half of it and diversify, in, especially in your 401k, you have lots of different options, right? Sure. Um, or oftentimes you can put your contributions into the stock and not, and, and, and sell part of the, um, the amount that's already in there, right? Sure. And so... Um, I guess really what it comes down to is is understanding, and I, what I just wanted to, to talk a little bit about to, today is using that later bucket properly is to have some diversification in the entire stock market, not just any one individual stock, and oftentimes capture those gains um, because you don't want to go down with the ship either. You know, there's billion-dollar companies that are going out of business or sometimes they're merging with other companies as well, and there's also billion-dollar companies that are that are brand new, you know, that are popping up like sure. popcorn here sure. and there. And so by utilizing some of the other strategies and, and diversifying some of that stuff as well, we're insulating and using that bucket planning approach a little bit more proper. Well, and I think from a holistic side, um, from, from the holistic happenings, we don't just see that in the planning. That comes up in so many different d different parts. It's really interesting, though, from the financial side where where you do see that that often. You're saying like a company stock or something, and, and I've seen that actually in people that thought they were diversified, but because a particular company was doing so well, it happened to be in every mutual fund. Yes. And it was like, 
they have end up with too much over the 10% number because it's in every mutual fund or every every exchange traded fund or whatnot. So there, that is a huge part of planning that we want to look at. So absolutely, we see that often. Yeah, we definitely see some of these things are overweighted, especially when they're dealing with, you know, you know, large companies, stock portfolios. Sure. Exactly. Well, I think that's enough for what we talked about today. We like went over said, a lot of stuff. And so um, if you do want to get a hold of us, um, FSA1.com or 1-800-977-9292. Um, I'm Mike Wallace. I'm John Sauger. This is the Retireable Podcast. Have a great day. Insurance products are offered through the Insurance Business Financial Services of America. Financial Services of America is also a financial services practice that offers securities products and services through AE Financial Services, LLC, member FINRA, SIPC. FSA is also an investment advisory practice that offers investment advisory products and services through Financial Services of America Advisors, a registered investment advisor. AEFS and FSAA do not offer insurance products. The insurance products offered by FSA are not subject to regulatory requirements and standards of care applicable to registered representatives and are not subject to investment advisory requirements. AEFS, FSAA, and FSA are not affiliated companies. Any and all other services referenced are an outside business activity not offered through or supervised by AE Financial Services Incorporated, member FINRA SIPC, or Financial Services of America Advisors, a registered investment advisor. AEFS and FSAA and any other entities are all separate and not affiliated entities. FSA advisors may refer you to local CPAs for tax services, including our business partnership with FSA Tax and Accounting and attorneys for estate planning services, including our strategic partnership with Benjamin T. Vader PLLC, if needed, to coordinate and collaborate with you and your advisor on your holistic financial plan with proper written authorization. Investing involves risk, including the potential loss of principal any references to protection, safety, or lifetime income generally refer to fixed insurance products, never securities or investments. Insurance guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims-paying abilities of the issuing carrier. This podcast is intended for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be used as a sole basis for financial decisions, nor should it be construed as advice designed to meet the particular needs of an individual's situation. FSAA and AEFS are not permitted to offer and no statement made during this show shall constitute tax or legal advice. Our firm is not affiliated with or endorsed by the U.S. government or any governmental agency. The information and opinions contained herein provided by third parties have been obtained from sources believed to be reliable, but accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed by FSAA and AEFS. Please remember that converting an employer plan account to a Roth IRA is a taxable event. Increased taxable income from the Roth IRA conversion may have several consequences, including but not limited to a need for additional tax withholding or estimated tax payments, the loss of certain tax deductions and credits, and higher taxes on Social Security benefits and higher Medicare premiums. Be sure to consult with a qualified tax advisor before making any decisions regarding your IRA. Case number 3324626, January 2024.